Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We are here to talk about this past week in wrestling and this upcoming weekend, because it's a quite big one. So we're going to talk about Raw, we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, we're going to talk about NXT, and we're going to talk about All In and West Coast Wishes. I'm your host, Owen, and we are streaming live over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So if you're tuned in live, feel free to leave questions and comments in the chat, and I will be monitoring that, so we'll get to those as we deem fit. But yeah, how's it going, everybody? It's another week, and uh, I'm going to kick off the show by making sure you guys all are aware that next week... Is the start of the Mayon Classic, which airs after NXT. So, because it airs at our time slot for Heel Turn at 9, we're going to push the show back to 10 o'clock. So, again, that's Eastern Time. So, make sure you adjust your schedule accordingly and expect me to be way more tired because that's quite late. That's fine. We are here. Um,. Uh, another thing off the top of the show I want to say is that we are starting to implement our YouTube channel now. Because we've had this thing and we used to do like videos. We had a guy who did videos for us and then he stopped. And we used to stream the show on YouTube as well. But then the whole Twitch ordeal happened and we were not allowed to, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure how it all works. But the point is... On Fridays, we will get up, on Friday mornings, we will get the uh, the video version of Heel Turn up on the YouTube. So just search for ProWrestling.Cool, subscribe there, and if you missed the show live and don't want to listen to an audio version, you'll get the video version as well. So just trying to make things more easy for you guys. It's, it's not easy running a wrestling website by yourself. But I'm doing the best I can with it. Um, let's see, what uh, other stuff off the, uh, top of the show. Uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, got a big patch this week. And they said, oh, we're gonna make the game actually, like, work now. And so, the past two nights I've been playing with a group of friends through uh, the Halo campaigns. And the good news is it loads faster. That's good. Like, we don't get separated, disconnected. The bad news, though, is that sometimes the map doesn't load properly, and you just float in the space for no reason. Which, if you if you find my uh, YouTube channel, my personal one at Ozone Online, I have a about sixteen minute video of us just hanging out in space as a big truck just drives out into nowhere. It's weird, but hey, it's. Apparently in 4K now, so good, good for them, I guess. Not quite sure. But yeah, that's all I've been doing. I'm still trying to finish up a few other video games, and uh, because video game season is upon us, starting next week, I believe Spider-Man comes out. So we got Spider-Man, Donut County came out this week. You know, the shooters are coming. 
the you know Battlefield and Call of Duty, um, Spyro's is delayed but still coming out. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other games that are coming out in the fall that I'm totally blanking on. But yeah, video game season's upon us. Unfortunately, the Zonecast network of podcasts no longer has a gaming show. So we'll figure out something for Game of the Year at the end of the year with that. Because, of course, I still also have to do the Pro Wrestling Not Cool Awards at the end of the year. It's going to be crazy. It's fine. we we got a few months before we have to worry about that. But we're here to talk about professional wrestling, so I think we should move on to the wrestling news. Alright, so the first bit of news this week is that SummerSlam, you know how it's been in New York City the past, like, 100 years? You know, not 100, but pretty close. Well, they're moving it next year because WrestleMania is going to be in New York City. And you can't do two major pay-per-views in the same city, apparently. So, what they're doing instead is they're going to have SummerSlam move up north to Toronto. It'll be at the uh, the Scotiabank Arena instead of the, uh, the Sky Dome, which is where everyone thought it was going to be. A.K.A. the Roger Center. But, yeah, they're not doing a big arena show with it. It's still going to be a small contained thing. And they'll be there August 10th through the 13th. So, uh, friend of the show, Oscar, I'm, you know, of Takes Bakery Infamy, I'm sure he's going to have a great time at those shows. Since it's right in his neck of the woods. Makes life easier for me because I don't have to decide, oh, maybe I should just go up to New York to watch some wrestling. Which is never a good answer. Except for, you know, next April with the uh, the G1 Supercard. But aside from that, going up to New York City just to watch some wrestling, usually not a good idea. So that's going to be exciting for uh, Toronto. I'm sure the crowds will be hot as ever because it's Canada. And if there's any indication this week, the crowds like them, them some wrestling. Oddly enough, they were kind of, you know, into it with Monday Night Raw, which never happens. That's that's a good sign. And also, that means it's gonna be uh, actually take over uh, Toronto too, which our pal Oscar still raves is the best one, even though he's clearly wrong. It's either Philadelphia or New Orleans that's the best one, or even you know one of the Brooklyn shows. But I digress. Uh, the next bit of news is a pretty big one, considering the big show that's happening this weekend. Uh, everyone's favorite king of the cruiserweights, Neville, no longer under contract with WWE. As the reports, pretty sure, pretty sure it's true. But you know, I don't think anyone's actually gotten 100% confirmation. But if the, the word on the street is true. There's no non-compete clause because of how long this whole thing has been going on. So he's free, and he can do whatever he wants, say, this Saturday, in, you know, a city like uh, Chicago, and there's a major wrestling show happening with his 
pal Stephen Amell being there. You know, there is this thing called the uh, the over-budget Battle Royal, and they haven't announced everyone that's in it. Wouldn't it be interesting if that guy showed up there? Though, you know, clearly I don't think he would be able to win it. Or if he did, you know, he wouldn't win the match following it, because I don't think he's signed with the Ring of Honor. And if I had to guess where Neville is headed next... I would say that New Japan would be the most likely spot. Now, could he also work a deal where he's working with, with Ring of Honor and New Japan? Well, yeah, of course. Tons of people are doing that. But I think his primary destination would be New Japan. Because their junior heavyweight division, quite excellent. You know, you know some guy called Will Ospreay? Having him against Neville? Or, I guess, Pac, we're going to call him again. Sign me up. Yeah. Awesome. Please do. And the last bit of news we have here is Matt Hardy has been a bit active on Twitter lately. Uh, posting himself in suits. Saying Agent Hardy reporting for duty. And having a kind of a send-off at a live event this past weekend. Which confirms what you think it does. Matt Hardy is pretty much done with in-ring competition. Now, is it actually retiring? Uh, You know how wrestling is. Trish Stratus is retired. Yet, she has a match coming up at Evolution. And she also was in the Royal Rumble this past January. So, retired isn't the term I would use. He's just gonna transition into a backstage role and I guess be used if needed. Because it's professional wrestling. But yeah, that'd be interesting though. You know, him working kind of like a production style role, like working with like weird backstage segments. Especially with the. With the. Jeremy Borash also being in the company. If we have some like weird gimmicks and you want to do some like really bizarre stuff, seems like we got the creative minds to do it. That's all I'm saying. So that's good for him because his back is really messed up at the moment. And wrestling on it seems like a really bad idea. Which I could also say for his brother. But he got himself into a a cage match of sorts coming up in a couple weeks, so... Whoops. Whatever. You do you, Jeff. I'm sure he won't last that long at this rate, the way he's going at his age. But at least he's gonna get to do that match, which we will go into more when we talk about SmackDown. But yeah, that's all I got for news. If anyone in the chat has anything that I missed they'd like me to talk about, make sure you put it in the chat and I will uh, I'll bounce back to it. But in the meantime, I think it's time to transition over to talk about Monday Night Raw. And for the, the people watching live, apparently my buttons to uh, make the topics light up is not working, so I have to do that manually. So bear with me if it looks weird. Not not sure why the buttons aren't working. 
you know, live, live, live broadcast, everybody. But let's talk about Raw, and uh, I, I put up four topics that I want to talk about because Raw's a three-hour show. It's very long. A bunch of garbage happens. I'm not usually the one to cover it, as you know. But I gotta make do the best I can. So let's talk about the biggest thing that happened on Raw. Braun Strowman. Mr. Money in... Excuse me. Monster in the bank. Because marketing words. He's got this briefcase. He's trying to cash it in. But damn it if these S.H.I.E.L.D. guys don't just keep interfering and ruining his day. He just wants to do it the, you know, a very honorable way of waiting until Roman Reigns has a match and then cashing it in like everyone else does. Not not really that honorable, if, if you ask me. But yeah, he Roman Reigns had an open challenge of sorts to open the show because apparently everyone on Raw has open challenges now. Because we can't come up with storylines, we just need to have random matches for the sake of matches. And instead, Braun Strowman came out, talked shit about the Shield, saying, Hey, I'm trying to cash this thing in, I can't, so how about I just cash it in at Hell in a Cell? Inside Hell in a Cell. Because what could possibly go wrong? It's not like the last time we were in a cage of sorts... You've totally dominated me. Let's, let's try not to remember the, the Elimination Chamber, shall we? But yeah. That's what we got going on. We have a cash-in, you know, face-to-face. He's cashing it in at Hell in a Cell. But, the interesting thing about this is that... He went to the office and gave the briefcase to Baron Corbin and said, you know, bring it to Hell in a Cell so I can cash it in. I think this opens the door for a possibility of the cash-in not happening at Hell in a Cell. And some weird things happening with the briefcase, like it getting stolen before the show. Because here's the thing about Baron Corbin. For a while he had a chant called... Where's your briefcase? He's not good at holding on to these things, so... Oh no, Hell in a Cell comes and he can't find the briefcase, so he can't cash it in. Oh no! So I think that's at least a possible interesting thing they could do. But knowing the Raw writers, I bet you nothing comes of this. Just like the weirdness that happened in the main event, because in the main event of Raw, we had a tag team match... With Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns working together, because that's a great idea, to take on Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Once you know it, Roman Reigns tags in Braun Strowman, he just stands on the apron, and then eventually helps McIntyre and Ziggler beat him up to a no contest, I guess. I guess the match was thrown out. I, I don't I don't remember hearing a bell ring, so I I don't know. This was all awkward. The him waiting on the apron was on there too long. Then the shield members came out one by one and got out decimated three on one every time because clearly they couldn't just all work together. It it was weird. 
I wasn't so crazy about this. I think they're trying to make people dislike Braun Strowman and so they'll cheer for Roman Reigns. Because I guess we're still doing this. But it, it did not work for me. Strowman wants, just wants people to get these hands. Can he not just let these people get these hands? Is that too much to ask? But yeah, the, the Strowman thing is terrible. Roman, at least the champion's on TV, I guess. But it's Roman Reigns, so he can't really be all that excited about it. And now the briefcase is going to be wasted on a bad match. Not nothing exciting coming of it. Uh, well, what what can he do? It's it's raw. And uh, speaking of uh, things on Raw, Seth Rollins came out. It, he has a belt. Do you know what he did? If you guessed he had an open challenge, you would be correct because that's all they do on Raw. So he had his open challenge and. Kevin Owens answered. You know Kevin Owens. The guy who lost I mean, like pretty much immediately at SummerSlam. Who got thrown off a cage. Who got thrown off a ladder. Who last year almost died from a hell in a cell. But then lost a match to Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. And then got drafted to Raw and everything still sucks. That Kevin Owens. And he pretty much points that out. He goes, yeah, this Raw's fucking sucks. Not having a good time over here. SmackDown sucked too. Now things didn't get better. So I'm going to win this belt. And by the way, I'm also going to talk shit on Toronto in uh, French. Because French Canada is better. Which I don't... I don't... I, I'm... Um, Mm, I can't really go on pick sides. I have friends in both areas. I was gonna, I was gonna say one was better, but I' pretty sure I'm not allowed to. I guess I'll just have to visit them and be, and be the judge for myself, though. Not, not a huge fan of Toronto for for sports reasons. But, but I, but I digress. So yeah, Kevin Owens answered the challenge and they actually had a match. And it was actually pretty good. It, it went like 20 minutes or something. And the crowd loved it because, hey, guess what? Do you know Seth Rollins is really good at wrestling and so is Kevin Owens? Tore the house down. Crowd was super into it. And, and then Kevin Owens lost because... Because Kevin Owens can't have nice things. And then... We had the segment afterward where Kevin Owens quit. He quit. He's done. He's done with WWE, apparently. I, I would say he's done with Raw, but he also doesn't like SmackDown, so that doesn't work out well for him. So, uh, that's it. No more Kevin Owens, everybody. We we did it. We we ruined the, the thing we love because they just wouldn't... Nurture him and build him up to be the champion we needed. What what a shame. I'm curious to see where they go with this, though. Like, are they just writing Kevin Owens off 
TV for a while so they can like try to rehab him when there's a storyline for him. Are we waiting for Sami Zayn to come back? Because Sami Zayn was mentioned in his promo when he brought up that Seth Rollins had his friend Dean Ambrose, but he doesn't have his friend to help him. Not sure. I guess KO could use a break. We're, I mean, we're, we're going to miss him. But the way they're handling him, maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's for the best. Oh boy, I wrote this next thing I wrote. Oof. So Bobby Lashley fought the Ascension. That's not... No, he didn't fight Connor or Victor. He fought both of them. And he squashed both of them. Our New Japan correspondent, Trace, I'm, I'm sure, is crying somewhere as I mention this because he loves the Ascension. And they're just continuing to throw them to the wasteland. Where, where I guess technically they live, so that's okay, but... Uh, what a shame. I don't know what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. He had a thing with Elias. I guess we're not doing that because Elias has other things to do, which we're going to talk about next. So, we're in Toronto. And you know who's from Toronto? Don't say Oscar. We've already, we've already talked about him. We're talking about Trish Stratus. She, you know, the person that got announced for a match with Alexa Bliss out of nowhere during SummerSlam weekend with no build. So we're going to go backwards and we're going to do the build now. With her hanging out with Natalia and Ronda Rousey. Because Ronda and Alexa also have a match coming up at Hell in a Cell. So we have Trish and Ronda both promoting matches against Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss came out and actually handled it pretty well. Like the way she pivoted talking about both of them and hyping up both matches was quite impressive because... Despite what some people may say, Alexa Bliss is a very talented performer. So we had that. We had, uh... Well, the best part about that, though, was that she mentioned that Trish has some history with someone on the roster that she happens to be friends with. And we got the return of Mickey James. So, maybe... We'll have Mickey James against Trish Stratus coming up. Wouldn't that be great? That I I I actually would enjoy that. They should they should do that on an episode of Raw. Don't make it like a super long match, but make it make it a good match. I I, I would very much enjoy that. Thank you. Then then I guess a Natalia Alicia Fox thing. We don't who who cares? No no one cares. No. No, no shade to the women, but Alicia Fox is kind of nothing. But we had Trish uh, later in the night in two other segments. We had her with Elias because Elias was talking shit on Toronto because, of course, of course you do. 
Toronto sucks. But Trish is, has none of, have none of that. Then Elias gets a little sexist and uh, no. Trish ain't about that life and beat the shit out of him and it was good. Good good use of Elias. Kind of tiptoed the line there, but I think they handled it well. But uh, then we got the third instance of Trish. And that was her backstage with Natalia and Rhonda and the Bella Twins. Who I guess announced that they have a match on Raw next week. Which is weird because shouldn't Brie be on SmackDown? I guess she, like John Cena, is a free agent. So I guess we have to refer to them as free agent Nikki Bella and free agent Brie Bella. Since we always have to say free agent John Cena. Whatever, they have a match next week against the Riot Squad. It's gonna suck. But at least it'll be a warm-up of sorts for um, for Brie. Because she actually has a pretty important match coming up in Hell in a Cell. Which we'll talk about more when we get to SmackDown. Because, yeah, that's it's pr- it's pretty good build going on right there. SmackDown is doing good things. But yeah, we ended it with them taking a selfie together with Natalia. And she saying, this is what an evolution is all about. Yes, the evolution is about a UFC fighter, two, you know, retired twins who are reality stars now, a woman who's been retired for 12 years, and Natalia. None of the young ladies. Just an ill-conceived line and segment. Not not a fan. But yeah, that's that those are the uh the points I want to hit up on Raw. If you're in the chat and you have any topics that I skimmed over that you want me to talk about, just let me know and I'll I'll bounce back to it. But if that's all we got, we should moosey on over to talk about SmackDown. Which happened this week as always, and it was excellent. Are, are you are you surprised that I said it was excellent? I think the worst thing I, I usually say about SmackDown is that it was okay. But this was an excellent episode because we started off with the New Day. The five-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Five. And here's the thing. You know what happens with five times, right? And no, I don't mean they get the Stanley Cup, which was in the ring for a reason, because Canada? And because Toronto's never going to see one, so this is the closest they get? But no, of course, Booker T had to come out. And not just any Booker T. King Booker. King Booker came out. Welcome them to the Five Timers Club. And, you know, called them by their royal titles. Except for Big E, because he's got big in his name, and that's good enough, I guess. 
But yeah, he welcomed them into the group. And then we had Booker T have to do a spin of Rooney, which we hadn't seen in a while, and that was great. But then Xavier Woods did a spin of Rooney, which was surprisingly good. And then Kofi did a spin of Rooney, which was expectedly okay. And then Big E did a spin of Rooney, and it was not. It was not. You should look look it up yourself. I'm pretty sure I have a gif of it in my About Last Night for SmackDown, which you can read over at ProWrestling.cool. So, yeah. That, that was a fun segment, though. That was a good way to kick off the show. And it got the New Day uh, in the ringside area so they can go to their weird orange commentary table that they seem to just have now. Which... I'm okay with, but I also wished I had an option to watch the match with their commentary. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Tom Phillips and Corey Graves and Byron, but if I get to have a little something different for one match, I, I take that. These guys are great. We had a triple threat match between the Bar, the Good Brothers, and let me make sure I read this correctly. The Colons? The Collins? The Oh, the Colognes. The Colognes are back. We haven't seen them since, I guess, WrestleMania? They were at WrestleMania, right? It's been a while, and for no, with no explanation, they're back because they needed a third team for this triple threat. And, uh, the Bar won. Because, of course, the Bar won. They're the only team out of these three that actually have any momentum going with them. Because the way this is set up is that there's a triple threat this week. There's a triple threat next week. And the winners of those two will face each other to determine who fights the New Day at Hell in a Cell for the tag titles. You know, that old chestnut. Like the thing they did to determine Brock's opponent at SummerSlam. Fine, it uses up three weeks of builds, so I guess it works. But also, we we get teams like the Colognes showing up. Which, I wish they would actually, you know, if they're going to have them show up, actually, like, give them something to do. I know SmackDown's only two hours, but come on. Um, let, me, let me guess who the teams are going to be next week. It's going to be Sanity, it's going to be the Usos... And it's gonna be Rus- oh, Rusev Day, duh. Because they, we had a segment where Aiden English got them into the tag t- the tag match next week, so that's cool. Yeah, that's who's gonna be obviously Sadie, Usos, and uh, Rusev Day. And if I'm gonna be honest, I'd really like Rusev Day to win. They're not because the Usos are gonna win because we have to keep running in circles forever. But yeah. Rusev Day. Give Rusev a title. Give Rusev a title. So, yeah. Well, so, uh, after that, we had a uh, an interview segment. Well, not an interview, a promo segment with Jeff Hardy. And he was uh, kind of messed up about Randy Orton over the past couple months because he keeps 
attacking him and putting his finger in his hole and uh, it's upsetting and making Jeff kind of do crazy things like paint his face with eyes on the lids for reasons and thinking he can fly and by that I mean does the thing he always does and jumps off things except it put Randy Orton through a table last week and he wants to settle this at Hell in a Cell inside Hell in a Cell which don't know if you've been listening but going around the internet for the past week or so uh, Jeff Hardy has been kind of petitioning to get a Hell in a Cell match this year because one, he doesn't have much time left in the ring considering the state of Matt Hardy and two, he's never been in one and he's a daredevil who jumps off things so it only makes sense for him to be in this match now all I pray is that they don't let him jump off the top of it because we've had that spot twice recently and that's no that's such a dangerous spot that's so high up please don't let someone like Jeff Hardy do that I mean remember the whole thing I mentioned like the other week where he doesn't do swantons at house shows because he's trying to protect his back well doing a swanton off of a hell in a cell may permanently ruin him so don't just stay in, stay inside maybe jump off like climb up the side of it about halfway and do a jump that's fine don't but don't don't go to the top we don't we don't need it but I do like that they are doing the Hell in a Cell match for this feud instead of the WWE Championship feud. And that's because this feud has this feud with Hardy and Orton has been about interfering and fighting around the ringside area and using weapons and kind of like working outside the rules of the match. So having a match with no rules and a lot of options for hardcore weapons and, you know, as I mentioned, Jeff Hardy jumping off so- something, hopefully the side of the cage, not the top of it, really plays into this one and adds intrigue to a feud that, as a singles match, probably wouldn't do much. Whereas, with Styles and Samoa Joe, the storytelling they're doing in the ring is plenty. And you could say, well, they're escalating the feud with all this personal stuff, to lead up to a stipulation match. But why do it here at Hell in a Cell? Why not stretch this out further into the fall and have the stipulation match well either have a no holds barred match at Hell in a Cell or lead up to a stipulation match at the next pay-per-view. Because these two are doing excellent and they should very much keep it going. And we're going to talk about that, actually. You know what? I'm going to talk about that now. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead and talk about Samoa Joe. Because AJ Styles came out to the ring and tried to call him out for, you know, sneak attacking him last week and choking him out and yelling at his wife. And Samoa Joe's answer is, well, I'm not going to face you face to face. Instead, I'm going to hang out in the parking garage and have my cell phone, which surprisingly has service in a, in a parking garage because... As someone who's in parking garages quite often, 
it's very hard to get cell reception. But he called up Wendy and started being a total creep, asking about Annie, Aegis Dolls' daughter, and saying that, hey, you're having a barbecue, a back to school barbecue coming up next week because it's September. It just happens to fall on a Tuesday at, say, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I should probably go over there. So, that's it. We're hinting that we're going to have something similar to Triple H and Randy Orton from a couple years ago between these two. And, yeah. Yes, please. Have them fight through our house. Have them fight through the house that AJ Styles built, literally. And... If we do not have Samojo or AJ Styles going through a window, they have really messed up. But I could also see this being them trying to be civil around the family and just like talking very passive aggressive to each other, which could be fun. I had a few segments of that could be fun, but for real, throw some to a window. We we need it. Come on, this fuse. This few needs it. Let's do it. Another intense feud that's going on with SmackDown is between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Especially after last week with the three punching The Miz in the face. And on this show, as well as on the website, I had brought up that not so crazy about Brie getting involved because... Danny Bryan's calling the Miz a coward for having his wife fight his battles. And now his wife is doing that. And But they explained it well at the top, at the top of, the, of the segment and said that Bree was just there to even the odds and watch my back, but the Miz was right there and his face is very punchable. So she couldn't help herself. And you know what? Props to them for at least addressing it. I'm I am satisfied. Carry on with your feud. But then they got interrupted by another couple. Well, well not, I wouldn't say couple. Another pairing of male and female superstars in Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas. And because, well, we, do we need an explanation for why Andrade and Danny Bryan are going to have a match? Let's just have the match. Do we, screw it. It's a, it, it was a free TV match, and it didn't have a satisfying finish, but that's fine. This, case, this this match went on a good time and gave us a good preview of what could be. My only real complaint is that, yo, Danny Bryan shouldn't be doing suicide dives. Because, hey, remember the neck injury that ended his career? Maybe you should just not do those so you continue to... Have your career back. Just just a little hunch there. I don't know. Yeah, this match was really good. But then The Miz showed up. In the middle of it. Tried to cause a distraction. It didn't quite work out. So The Miz did what he does best. He jumped in and beat the shit out of Danny Bryan. To cause the disqualification. Uh, we also had Maurice and Zelina double teaming on Brie. And then, which was, a, this was just a perfect bit here, where we had Daniel Bryan in the Yes Lock by The Miz, 
with Maurice and Ms. yelling at him to look as Maurice drove Bree's head into the mat and laid her completely out. And it was great. Beautiful heel work. Like, this is how you build a heel. Like, you... The Miz is excellent and, you know, I would say worthy of cheers, but not what he's doing. He's doing actual despicable things to a beloved character and fuck the Miz. He needs to get his ass kicked. See, they've wanted me over. That's what we need. We need this match and he needs to get his comeuppance because he didn't get him at SummerSlam and he's continuing to use backhanded tactics to get his way. So, I am looking forward to that. Uh, okay, I'm crazy, right? I'm looking forward to this mixed tag match. I know, I was excited about the one at SummerSlam with Cena, and it didn't work out quite so well. But this isn't WrestleMania, so they don't have to do a bunch of bullshit. They can actually just have a good match, hopefully. We'll, we'll see how Breed handles herself in the tag match on Raw. The main event, though, of SmackDown was Carmella against Charlotte Flair. And I do want to point out that I'm, I still love that R-Truth is, going after, is trying to hunt down Carmella and wrestle her for a title shot. Because he still thinks that works, and it's, it's fun. It's a fun thing. Then we had a backstage interview with Charlotte where they were trying to uh, get us to cheer her because, you know, she got... She was just doing what she does best to be competitive and there's an opportunity to win the title, so she took it. But really, you, you kind of screwed over your friend and now your friend wants your head, so... And also, you're a flare, so f- fuck you. You know? So, as soon as this match starts, you know, the rematch with Carmella and Charlotte for the title, crowd chants, we want Becky. Because of course they do. Becky is great! And she's totally right. She totally has a reason to be pissed off, and she's charismatic, and she's a badass. How can you not cheer for Becky Lynch? Uh, Carmella actually... I point out here, Carmella actually did a top rope Frankensteiner, which is an actual wrestling move, so I'm going to give her props for hitting that. Good job. But it wasn't enough, because of course Charlotte hit natural selection, and then did the figure eight, and got the tap out win. The retainer belt. And then Becky Lynch attacked! And the crowd cheered! Because of course they did! She is in her right to do this! And then the icing on the top of the cake was she got the microphone and said, "When I get when I get my way, come hell in a cell, I'm taking my title back, you bitch." Mic drop. Yeah, total anti-hero. She's badass. She's kicking ass. She's not getting walked all over, and she's cursing. Where's she's? She's the person we're supposed to cheer for, right? Come on. Come on. See, what Becky needed, what she needed, a a fresh coat of paint, because she was kind of doing nothing for a while. So she got on this hot streak for 
a month or so. Then Charlotte swoop, swooped in and ruined everything. So she turns everything on her head and then becomes a badass. So yeah. Let's let's uh, let's 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 go. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Becky is one of the most over people on SmackDown. Just just let her let, just let us cheer her. Come on. Stop trying to fight it. Charlotte is kind of the uh the Roman Reigns of the SmackDown women's division at this point. She needs to be stopped. I'm tired of seeing her. That's it for SmackDown. I I I, I like Becky Lynch. I continue to like her. So let's uh let's move over and talk about NXT which aired tonight. And by the way, if you're in the chat and there's something about SmackDown I didn't cover, even though I pretty much went over everything that happened on SmackDown this week, just let me know in the chat and I'll I'll bounce back to it. That's the benefit of listening live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, okay, 10 p.m. moving forward for the next month or so at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So, NXT. It aired tonight. And we started things off with uh, a bunch of people uh, setting up stuff in William Regal's office. And that's because tonight, the investigation to find out who murdered Alistair Black begins. And boy did it. We had some pretty good segments about it. And speaking of which, we had Johnny Gargano come out on, on a crutch. Because he's a big idiot and he ruined his knee at, at the takeover. And, uh, yeah, the crowd starts chanting Johnny Wrestling and he's like, I don't, I don't deserve that. Kind of, he's kind of losing his mind because he's come to the realization that he messed up real bad and he doesn't know how to fix it because everything is crumbling around him. I mean, hell, he's turning into Ciampa. It's what he did. It's what, it's what he's been doing in his last couple matches with Ciampa. He's been turning into him and he can't get him out. He can't get him out of his head. Can't make it stop. He's just cracking. So Regal interrupts this and says, uh, hey, listen. You're kind of fucked up in the head right now, so I'm just going to ask you straight up. Did you did you murder uh, Alistair Black? Because, you know, it made your life easier to just get to Tomasa if it was one-on-one. And Johnny wouldn't answer. He was like, come on, you, you know the answer. He's like, no, I don't know the answer. That's why I'm asking you, idiot. And he wouldn't give a straight answer to it. So Velveteen Dream showed up and said, what are we doing here? Did you not see TakeOver? Did you not see my pants? I am the best thing going around here. Everything should be about me. What are we doing? And he called uh, Johnny Gargano Johnny Failure, which... To be fair, it's kind of how it's been going for him. And Gargano says, hey, listen. I have this crutch just to put weight off of my leg because the doctor said so, but I can wrestle. 
and throws it at Dream, and Regal breaks it up and says, nope, that's happening next week. So next week we have Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream. And I'm sure that's going to be a good one. We had, we had uh, Dakota Kai against Alea. I like Dakota Kai. She's she's great. Alea though, I think she changed her character again. Is, is she not a cat? Maro mentioned she's the cat's meow, but she's not dressed up like a cat. So I, I, I don't know. Alea's been floating around for a while, and they're not like settling on a thing for her. So they need to, you know. Shit or get off the can with her. Because there's plenty of other talented women, especially with the Mae Young Classic, that could be taking that spot. That's all, that's all I'm saying. No no offense to Leah, but it's been a while. You need to do something. Uh, this match goes on surprisingly long. I don't get why Leah's getting a bunch of offense, because the coach would just be uh, kicking her. Which she did at one point, and her kicks are awesome. Because she's the leader of Team Kick. Uh, the crowd tried this chant Aaliyah for some ungodly reason. But fortunately, when they did it, there was a space after Aaliyah. So the other half of the crowd that's actually smart chanted sucks. And then Coda uh, won with a code right into an inverted backbreaker. And it looked sick. Coda Kai wins because she's great. I'm looking forward to seeing her in the Mae Young Classic again. Then we get to the investigation. And the Forgotten Sons, which are Wesley Blake, Steve Cutler, and... I have no idea who else. Oh, by the way, I just got breaking news from the WWE that... uh, Cedric Alexander is going to fight Buddy Murphy at the Super Showdown in Australia for the Cruiserweight title, if anyone cares. I'm, I'm, sure, no, I'm sure no one cares. But yeah, uh, Blake Cutler and uh, whoever the third guy is got interrogated, and they were asked, like, where, was, where were you during the, during the attack? And their answer was, did you not watch that video thing that WWE Now posted that you've been showing on TV nonstop for the past two weeks? We were parking our car because we were going to your office to say, hey, we haven't done shit on television. We should probably do shit because that's why we're here. And Regal said, that's good enough. And also, you got a tag match next week. So... Good job. We're getting ready for an EC3 match as we head to the commercial, but uh, EC3 got laid out in in the hallway by Lars Sullivan, who we haven't seen since he had that match with Aleister Black and got his jaw broken for realsies. So Lars is back, and he's killing people again. That's good. It also means we had less EC3 on the show, which... I'm all for. We go to commercial, we come back, we got another interrogation segment. Nikki Cross is being interrogated. in Well, interrogated in quotation marks because what happened here was she just acted like a crazy person. 
and said she knows who it is, but she's not saying it because it's a secret. And the phone's ringing, even though it's not. And she's rolling around the desk, and it's it's kind of cool. Nikki Cross is cool. Bianca Belair was waiting outside, though, and was impatient, so she bursted in and said, Hey, did you not see my match last week? I'm the EST, which means I should get a title shot. To which Nikki Cross heard something about wrestling, and she's like, I want to I wanna play. I want to fight her. Let me fight her. We didn't get an answer on if that's actually happening, but I, I assume we're going to get Bianca and Nikki Cross fighting. Maybe for a number of contendership? Not quite sure. I, the resulting match would probably be a TV show match anyway, so it's not a big deal. Then we got to Raul Mendoza against EC3. Except EC3 is dead, as we saw in the in the hallway. So our buddy Lars came out. And he's like, hey, you know how that whole mystery about who attacked Alistair is happening? Well, I I attacked EC3. I'm not going to hide that. He's dead now. And now, Raul Mendoza, you're going to die. And he went in the ring. It wasn't a match. And he just killed him. Welcome back, Lars. Good, good to have you. I'm... I would say he should go after the North American title, but he's kind. Of, but Ricochet's kind of busy with with Adam Cole, so I don't think that's gonna happen. I'd like it though. He was in that ladder match for the determine the first champion. The next thing I wrote in my notes is uh, Tommaso Ciampa says some shit in, uh, to a camera. Fuck him. Yeah, that, that sums that up. Then we had Keith Lee against Luke Menzies. And the crowd immediately starts chanting, Oh, bask in his glory to the Seven Nation Army uh, tune. And during the whole match, they just keep chanting for Keith Lee. Because I don't know if you know this. Keith Lee, pretty fucking cool. Like, this big man can hit a standing Hurricane Rana, because... Fuck it. Why not? Great. Yeah, Keith Lee is great. He's just fun to watch. Big guy doing all these high-flying things, like... Apollo Crews is kind of impressive, because he's doing high-flying stuff, but also he's, like, jacked as hell. Keith Lee is just a large dude who can do these things, because gravity and physics have no control over him. Plus, he's got tons of charisma, too, and he's great. And he's over. Keith Lee's great. Go, Keith Lee. Push this guy to the sun. Not not, not catapult him into the sun. Push him to the sun. Because he should be shining bright. Also, he won with the, his cool power bomb that he does. So, yeah. Keith Lee. Got my approval. And then we had the main event, which was the United Kingdom champion, Pete Dunne, and the North American champion, Ricochet, taking on Undisputed Era. And I think they were 
trying to tell a story that Pete Dunne and Ricochet won each other's belts. Which, sure, I guess you could say that. Also, they could be satisfied with their belts. And say, hey, we could also get these tag belts that the Undisputed Era have. I don't know. But, yeah, I expected it was going to be Kyle O'Reilly and, uh, and Roderick Strong representing the Undisputed Era. But, right before the match started, Adam Cole went to Kyle O'Reilly and said, Hey, I, I'd like to fight Ricochet. Uh, can I be in the match? So they swapped out, and Adam Cole actually stepped up. And I could recap this match, but hey, it's Pete Dunne, Ricochet, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong. Do you think this was a great match? Especially considering it, take, it takes place in NXT. If your answer is, oh hell yeah, you would be correct. And you should go out of your way to at least watch this match, because it was... Mwah. Beautiful. And the ending worked out real well because they had been telling the story of the uneasy uh, partnership with Pete Dunne and, uh, and Ricochet. And Ricochet went for a dive to the outside because it's NXT and that's what you do. Except, oh shit, he hit Pete Dunne. Accidentally. Accidentally. And uh, it opened the way for the Undisputed Era to get him back in the ring and uh, beat him. He, they, they pinned Pete Dunne and won the match. And afterward, all three Undisputed Era members attacked Ricochet, laid him out. And oddly, after Ricochet was laid out, then the War Raiders came and uh, tried to save the day. Except everyone's already dead, dude. What, what are you guys doing? bit late. And they were so late that uh, Undisputed Era just bailed when they got to the ring and said, nope, we're good. Peace. And uh, that's how NXT ended. Undisputed Era standing on top as they should. And it was an excellent episode of NXT. So with that, we should move on to the last segment of the show and that is talking about this upcoming weekend because there's lots of wrestling happening this weekend because on and here's the weird thing both of them are Saturday night which one are you going to watch are you going to watch the one on pay-per-view for 40 bucks or are you going to watch the one that's on Twitch for free and the answer is you should watch both you don't have to watch both live but you should watch both and we're going to talk about the the two shows right now, because All In is happening. It's the biggest independent wrestling show of all time. And I'm actually going to go on my TV and order a pay-per-view, which I haven't done in years. Very, very weird. Very weird to be doing this. But I'm going to do it, because we need to support this show, because All In is a huge deal. They sold out that arena. They're bringing all the heavy hitters. It's gonna be a great show. Let's uh let, let's let's talk about the card. What we got going in on all in. How about Kazuchika Okada against Marty Skrull? The villain. If you've been watching uh Being the Elite, you know what's been going on here. 
And if you haven't been watching Being the Elite, you should be watching Being the Elite because it's been the number one source of storytelling for All In. And also, it's just a really freaking good show. So, this, the whole story is that Marty Skrull is a junior heavyweight, and he's fighting Okada, who's the longest reigning IWGP heavyweight champion of all time. Most title defenses ever. Dude was unstoppable. But also now he's a weird clown man with balloons. And as, as, our, as our New Japan expert, Trace uh, calls him, He's got pants balloons, he just flies into the air. So, I guess that gives Skrull an edge, because it's not Rainmaker Okada, it's Weird Clown Okada. I mean, unless he shows up and he starts wearing the robe again, then Skrull is 100% fucked. But I can see, I can see him having a, a fighting chance. And the crowd would lose their shit if he actually won. I, I, don't, think, I don't think he's going to win. We got a Chicago street fight with Joey Janela as Hangman Page. Hangman Page, pretty cool guy. I I have a feeling that he's probably gonna run into another Joey at this All In, one that he may have possibly murdered. In storyline, not not for real. But yeah, I, I in this week's All In, I think Joey Janela stabbed. Hangman Page in the hand with a pen. So I wonder if they're actually going to play that uh, into the story of Hangman Page having a bad hand. Not sure. Uh, we have a six-man tag with uh, Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Dandito taking on the Golden Elite, which are the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi. Rey Mysterio is all in. I'm sure this... Especially with the Young Bucks involved, this is going to be just a fun, exciting match. Not not crazy about Phoenix from his uh, his Lucha Underground stuff, but I feel like this will be a quite excellent match. Unfortunately, it looks like Flip Gordon is not going to be the referee for it. So, that's that's unfortunate for him. And also, if you d if you watched Being the Elite and you didn't get that Beyond the Mat reference they did for that whole segment, it's it's real funny. It's real funny when you put them side by side. Uh, Christopher Daniels is taking on Stephen Amell. You know Stephen Amell, the the guy who who stars in the Arrow show on the CW. The, the actor, Stephen Amell. He's been training with Cody. This is his second match ever, because I was at his first match at SummerSlam a few years back. So he's undefeated in wrestling. I think he stands a good shot at winning this one. Just a hunch. I'm curious how dangerous they'll actually let him get with his in-ring, since it's his first singles match. So he can't be hanging out on the apron for most of it. I'm curious to see how that goes. The Briscoe brothers are taking on SoCal Uncensored, which are Frankie Kazarian and, and Scorpio Sky. And, man, see, I watched the latest Being the Elite right before the show, and they were in Philadelphia, and I was super excited for them to actually say this wasn't the worst town they've ever been in. But, unfortunately, they 
like Rocky, but they still don't like the Philadelphia. It's fine, though, because, you know, when they get to Chicago, then they'll really have been to the worst city they've ever been in. So it works out. Uh, the 15-person over-budget Battle Royal is taking place. And the confirmed names as of right now are Jordan Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Brandon Cutler, and Punishment Martinez. So there's quite a few spots left. You know, so maybe a person who recently got out of their WWE contract could... With a no, not without a not complete clause, could show up in this. Who could say? I'm sure that'll be fun. I, they'll have a few other good surprises showing up, and no, CM Punk will not be one of them. Just, just don't, don't be one of those people. Come on. A four-way with Madison Rain, Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blanchard. So we have a women's match, thankfully, on the show, and I'm sure those ladies will tear up the house with this opportunity. The ROH Championship will be on the line when Jay Lethal defends against uh, whoever wins that Battle Royal. And that's why I mentioned earlier about what the situation would be with uh, the former Neville if he were to show up in that match. Uh, We got... In the semi-main event, Kenny Omega against that hardcore guy from TNA, Pentagon. That match is gonna... Boy, I hope Kenny's heel is doing okay, because this is gonna be a war. I'm extremely looking forward to that. And in the main event, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, Nick Aldis defends against Cody Rhodes. And it's pretty much a given that Cody's going to win the belt here. Because, come on. it's it's That's his dad's belt. He, he needs to win. This needs to be the time when he wins that belt. It'd be a huge deal. Great way to cap off the show. So there you go. That's going to be all in. It looks like a stacked show that takes place this Saturday night on pay-per-view with the first hour actually being on WGN America. So that's for free. So if you can't pay the 40 bucks, at least you get the free hour. And then you should spend the 40 bucks. It's going to be good. But if you want a free option this Saturday, then look no further than League of Heels West Coast Wishes, which is taking place in Seattle. And it will be streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PAX2. And there are three matches happening on this card, and all three of them are going to be quite exciting. Uh, The first one is a Two Wishes match between uh, Justine Trudeau and Johnny Casanova. Which, if you don't know what a Two Wishes match is, because I, I don't blame you. Whoever wins this match will get Two Wishes granted to them by the League of Heels champion, D'Elysi. And what those wishes could be, is, I, I don't know. I don't know what magical powers D'Elysi has. I know he has the power to book the main event of the show, so who knows what he can do. Can he 
make things manifest? Can he bring people back from the dead? Can he make people immortal? I don't know. I guess we'll find out when uh, Justine Trudeau and Johnny Cash Nova fight. And both of them, you know, feel like they should be in this position because Justine Trudeau had a title shot against uh, D'Elysi at PAX East. But unfortunately, she had another panel to do, so she had to bail. Whoops. League of Fields, very good at timing things. So that didn't happen at Paximania. So at West Coast Wishes, she has a shot to make things right. Maybe she can wish for a title shot. Maybe she'll be the one in the main event. Who knows? And uh, Johnny Cashnova, he recently really screwed up his ankle during a match. And, like, needed surgery and stuff. It was real bad. So maybe he can wish for robot legs. That seems like a useful thing. Especially if you're bad at jumping. Or maybe immortality. Immortality is always a good wish. The second match on the card is an I-Quip match. For an, a brand new championship, which they are not saying what it is. So, I don't know what kind of belt this is. Well, I, guess, I guess I'll announce what it is after the person wins it, but... An I-Quip match is an eight-person game of Quiplash from the Jackbox Party Pack. So, or, you know, Quiplash XL, which is a, a, a separate thing. The point is, the people involved are the Bitch Witch, which, spooky lady, she's got magical power, she once hypnotized someone during a PAX Rumble, it was terrifying. She's back. Uh, Kaka Beware, authentic New Yorker Dan Reichert, which I swear, if he has hot dogs anywhere near the stage, heads are going to roll. That was a very bad thing he did last time at the PAX Rumble. Uh, Felix Kramer, Jan Ochoa from Giant Bomb, his, this will be his debut, uh, Harris Foster, Tanya DePass, and Alex Abo Karam. So there's a pretty stacked group of people there for a brand new championship. So some of these people, it's their first time having a match at League of Heels. So... Maybe they'll just instantly win a championship. Anything can go, because Quiplash is kind of crazy, and things fluctuate very quickly. So, it could be anyone's game. My prediction? I I bet you it's the the, the authentic New Yorker, because he, he likes to, you know, make things go his way through any means necessary. So... That's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't trust him. Oh, especially that stunt where he brought a flag on stage and the hot. It does the whole thing. That guy sucks. The main event, though, for the League of Heels Championship, it's D. Lizzy against someone of his choice because he has that power. But we don't know. We don't know what the match is going to take place in what game. We don't know who the person is. We just know it's Easy and someone for the championship. It, it literally could be anyone. It, it could be Eric Pope. 
Could it could be the Bear Cave? It could be the the state of Seattle, or not? I mean, the city of Seattle, the state of Washington. Who knows? We'll find out this Saturday at League of Heels West Coast Wishes. And if you happen to be in Seattle for PAX West this upcoming weekend, uh, you should go down to Bandland and hang out and buy some merchandise for League of Heels because a friend of the Zonecast Network, uh, Zandra, a.k.a. the Merch Boss, along with her trusty Merchador, have some pretty cool stuff you should buy. I may or may not have helped with planning some of these things, but it's very good stuff. You should support artists. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, that's that's what's happening this weekend. A whole bunch of stuff. I'm sure next week uh, I'll have plenty to talk about with these two big shows. And that, I guess, does it for the show. That's it for Heel Turn. It's a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. It's an actual URL you can go to. It's a website about wrestling. There's statistics, there's write-ups. Hopefully our, our man Michael will be back with the hot takes next month. So make sure you look out for that. Uh, our Patreon, which is how we keep doing this thing. Because we don't want ads on the website. Too many wrestling sites, too many damn pop-ups, and it's not what you want. It's at patreon.com... No, excuse me. It's patreon.cool. That's the URL. It actually works. It'll take you to our Patreon. I, don't ask me how I got access to that URL, but I did it. So, for a doll, at least a dollar a month, you get the, all the show notes. And then you can work your way up to... Like, if you go to $9.99 a month, you get a bonus podcast. Which I believe, you know, this month's was the G1 Climax Finals. Next month, it will probably be the Destruction Tour recap. So, if you want some extra New Japan content, it helps help support the site. Our, our, our pal Trace from New, from New Japan, from Seattle, New Japan, is on the scene and will have all deep scoops for us. In fact, he might have two scoops. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Search for ProWrestling.Cool or go to Facebook.com slash PWDOTC. Twitter, at The Heel Turn and at PWDOTC. YouTube, search for ProWrestling.Cool. We don't have enough subscribers. I have a fancy URL. So subscribe there if you can. We'll post the archives of the video version of the podcast up there on Fridays. There's a, a, a window that we have the exclusivity of Twitter. Twitch is weird, okay? Whatever. It, it gets it gets you the show. And you can find the podcast and our other podcasts at zonecast.com. That's where I'd Rather Not Lives, which is a goofy improv podcast. Takes Bakery is there, where I am subjected to awful takes from our pal Oscar, who I mentioned earlier. It's, it's some good stuff's there. You should check it out. You can follow me personally on Twitter at the underscore ozone. I, I I tweet things occasionally that some people enjoy. I don't know. Live your life. That's it for Hill Turn. We will be back next week with a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. 
after this weekend. So, until then... This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.